Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Space. The final frontier. The uncertainty. The unknown. These are many of the qualities that make life worth living. I don't believe we can stop. I don't believe we're meant to. It's time to make the call, and I'm making it. Engage. Live long and prosper. It's a holiday. If you're listening the day this episode drops, then happy Star Trek Day. And if you're listening after, it's happy belated Star Trek Day. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Star Trek Day. So exciting. Uh, September 8th. Uh, is when this episode drops so you know if you're listening to it like you said that day you're on the day this is the day that uh you know many many years ago 1966 star trek premiered uh in the united states exactly so welcome to positively trek i'm bruce gibson with dan gunther and dan was telling me before the show because he's in canada that Canada has an advantage over us U.S. people here when it comes to the official premiere of Star Trek. Yeah, so The Man Trap, which was chosen to be the first episode aired of the original Star Trek series, actually aired in Canada two days before it aired in the U.S. So September 6th, 1966, Canadians saw Star Trek on CTV before Americans got the chance to on NBC in the US. So uh, and and I haven't looked at all of the dates but I've I've read that I think that was at least for most of the first season if not all Canada got the original series a couple days before the US. So shouldn't Star Trek Day be September 6th if that's when it really did first premiere publicly? maybe maybe in canada it could be like a canadian thanksgiving versus american thanksgiving thing you know we both have thanksgiving it's just ours is earlier (laughs) you guys always do things earlier than us on holidays (laughs) except for christmas and halloween okay maybe not everything yeah and and, you know becoming a country you know i guess you know the date wise july 1st is canada day and then of course you have july 4th independence day but if you go by years uh you guys got us beat by uh, quite a bit (laughs) yeah so when do you guys celebrate new year's day (laughs) <laughs> New Year's Day, uh, January 1st as well. Oh, okay. uh, but, you know, depending on the time zone, I guess we could be a little earlier or later, depending on where you are in the States. So <laughs> That's true, too. Hey, that's true. I'm more on the East Coast, so uh, I get to go into a year before you do by a couple hours. That's true. Yep. <laughs> I'm ahead of you right now. That's so, that's so weird. <laughs> Wow. You know, it's funny. I was talking about this with a friend of mine. Uh, I, I lived in South Korea for a couple years. And if you are podcasting or chatting with somebody on the other side of the world, do yourselves a favor and each of you should point your, your web cameras at the window 
so the other person can see it because the first time I did that and saw, you know, pitch black out my window in Seoul, South Korea, and my friend here in Alberta pointed his towards the window and I saw like the midday sun streaming through, there's (laughs) something in your brain that just goes like, what? That it doesn't make sense. And your brain kind of hurts for a minute. It's weird. I remember (laughs) you and I recorded with Una McCormick, Star Trek author, uh, when we were doing literary treks and we recorded on a Saturday and I remember I could see her window and it was dark outside and it was the middle of the Saturday afternoon where I was and where you were too. And it's like, it was bright and sunny, but out her window it was dark pitch black. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. It's such a weird feeling. <laughs> yeah. But again, happy Star Trek day. Hey, we're going to cover some things here later in the episode because Again, if you're listening on September 8th, there are panels going on probably right at this moment that you're listening to this episode, and maybe they've already happened, or maybe they haven't even started happening yet, but there are Star Trek Day panels going on today, but we will get into that a little later. I want to touch on a few other things. Before I do that, real quick, because you mentioned about living in South Korea, I would like to know, would South Korea celebrate a Star Trek Day? Because I'm wondering, I mean, of course, somebody is a Star Trek fan probably is on their own but how popular or not popular is star trek in south korea from your experience from my experience i don't remember seeing much of a fandom at all uh in south korea and somebody who maybe lives in south korea and is a little bit more uh attuned to the culture there might know a little bit more than me but i never really saw much indication of um, a Star Trek fandom there at all. I, I remember the one thing that I could find on a regular basis was the, uh, my favorite English language bookstore called what the book in Itaewon, which is kind of the foreigner district in Seoul, uh, did have a good selection of secondhand and new Star Trek novels. So that, that was about it though. <laughs> yeah. And all that was pre discovery, right? So what years yeah. were you there? Uh, I was there from, uh, it was 2010 to 2012. So it was quite a while ago now. Yeah. I was just thinking, cause also it depends on the time, you know, Star Trek wasn't as prominent in the culture on an active marketing basis and things, product basis, probably as much then as it is right now because of all the new shows that we have. So, mm-hmm. um, So speaking of new shows, we have a new season of Discovery coming out, season three. Of course, we've talked about that before. I think it's, what, October 13th is that uh, premiere date, right? Yeah, I am so excited for this. Uh, The more that I hear about Discovery, the more excited I am about it. Because, yeah, there's some interesting news that's come out about the new season, for sure. Okay, so it was recently announced here in early September that we are going to have our first non-binary and our first transgender characters that will premiere in Star Trek and will be on Star Trek Discovery. And this is exciting news because this is a first and i love it when star trek is a first you know Mm -hmm. or doing something for the first time because with so much star trek out there that's been produced it's hard to get firsts in star trek in a sense but uh so we get our first non-binary character and this character's name is adira and played by blue del barrio and Adira is highly intelligent with a confidence and self-assurance well beyond their years. They will find a new home on the USS Discovery and form an unexpected bond with Stamets and Colber. So, 
I'm curious about this character. Well, first of all, let me just say this. I didn't really take this as much of an announcement because I already knew this. I already knew we were getting a non-binary character because there's a promotional poster that has the crew uh, standing there with Burnham with a Federation flag and you see this character with the crew. Yeah. And actually, if you watch the uh, trailer that came out quite a while ago, they're in that trailer as well. Yeah. Uh, no speaking lines that we know of that, that are in that trailer, but there's one shot in particular that features them where they're working in a Jeffrey's tube, I think it looks like on the Discovery. Uh, I, I think that's supposed to be this character. So yeah, they're they're definitely there, and I remember this being talked about a little bit then. But it, it's interesting that we get the 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 full actual official announcement now, I guess. But I do remember them saying that there would be a non-binary or a trans character. Uh, it turns out from this announcement, there there are two characters: one non-binary and one trans character, which is really cool. But uh, yeah, yeah, I do remember that being talked about. And yeah, the transgender character is named Gray and is portrayed by Ian Alexander. Gray is empathetic, warm and eager to fulfill his lifelong dream of being a true host. But he will have to adapt when his life takes an unexpected turn. So this is interesting, too, because we've seen the trailer. We've seen Trill. We've seen the baths where the Trill symbionts are. Yeah. So this is exciting. It looks like the Trill aspect is going to play a big part in the storyline. Uh, interestingly, this actor has been on the OA with Jason Isaacs as well. So a little bit of a Trek connection there uh, as well. So I, yeah, I'm really excited for both of these characters. Um, one thing I kind of want to get in front of as far as part of this announcement goes is a lot of things that I've been seeing online is, you know, people are saying Star Trek's first non-binary character. And I'm seeing a lot of comments from people saying, well, what about Soren from the episode, the outcast? I'm going to play the really pedantic nerd here and say the whole point of that episode, if you're paying attention, is that Soren is not, not non-binary. She comes from a species without gender, but she feels that she is a female. So that is a binary character. She sees herself as a woman. Non-binary means that they don't ascribe to male or female. They are non-binary. So you could say the Janai species is non-binary, but that, I don't feel that that's representation necessarily. But anyway, I just wanted to get that out there for all of the people who may be listening to this saying, oh, but there was, there was a character before acknowledged, but I don't think that is in the same way that this character is. And, and certainly not in a recurring or possibly main cast way that these characters seem to be. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, in a lot of ways, it, there's a close representation there, but it's not exact. And I like to think of that species in that episode as they couldn't be non-binary because to me, a non and I, I'm not an expert on, on non-binary people, but to me, somebody is non-binary if they're part of a species that has genders and sexes. Where this species was non-gender, there is no gender, so no one could be non-binary because there is no gender to be That's non-binary. That's the default. For. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so, and and just so you know, when this announcement was made, 
And I had a feeling, we didn't plan this, but I had a feeling you might bring that episode up. And I've seen that episode multiple times, but I rewatched it again last night just because it was on my mind. So uh, it bothers me that Riker, you know, is like, do I call you he, she doesn't know what pronoun to use. And of course, if that episode were done today, he would probably just elect to go with they and them or whatever. But anyway, I, I enjoy that episode, but this is a little different for sure. But mm-hmm. I want to talk about more about this character real quick and not the non-binary part of the character, but who this character is in relation to discovery, because the character does wear a discovery uniform and it's said that they're working on the discovery, but then they weren't with the discovery crew when they went from the past to the future or were they? Yeah, we don't know for sure. My guess is that this is someone they meet after they've arrived in the future who joins their crew. I don't I don't know that for sure though. They haven't That's my assumption. Yeah, that that's definitely not part of this announcement. We 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 don't know. Um I, it might just be something we have to wait to find out. I'm really curious though. Yeah, I mean, my assumption was, oh, this is somebody they meet in the future. But then I thought, well, maybe they were a stowaway. Oh, that's an interesting thought, too. You know, the crew leaves the ship, but this person decides, I'm going to stow away or I want to go with them and then makes an appearance later once they arrive there. I don't know. I was just, yeah, that's the one thing I was just wondering about, because would they take somebody from the future and suit them up and discover uniform and work on the ship? Maybe you know, to help with future technologies and things. But I don't know. I was just kind of curious about that. And of course, I'm curious about Gray, too, because the Trill storyline. There's so many different ways they could go with this. Like maybe they're a Section 31 agent that's stowed away or something like that. Like there's so many different things they could be. That's really cool. Anyway, and now my mind, now my mind is racing. Like I'm just so excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I've seen a few comments online where people are just like, oh, political agendas by introducing these characters or whatever. But, you know, the thing is, people like this exist. There are non-binary people. There are transgender people. And that's what's and Star Trek is about exploring humanity. And if this piece of humanity exists, we need to explore it or acknowledge it at the very Absolutely. least. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I, I have faith that Star Trek will handle them in a mature and responsible way. I mean, I look at Stamets and Culber, for example, the fact that they are a gay couple, same sex male couple, it doesn't come into play as far as their story goes, as as far as setting them apart from anyone else in the crew. It's just that they exist, they they're acknowledged and their relationship is as valid as any other relationship we've seen in Star Trek. Nobody goes out of their way to, you know, point it out or uh, make a big deal of it. It's just merely a way of living that exists in humanity and thus is shown to be a part of these characters on this ship in much the same way that I believe that these characters will be featured as well. Non-binary and trans people exist. Therefore, they will exist in Discovery and in Star Trek. And I don't think it's necessarily going to be like, oh my gosh, look at this character who's so different. Wow. No, it will be, they're just another person aboard the ship and, you know, they will exist as part of the crew. And I I think that's great. That's the way it absolutely should be. 100% agree. 
And I want to go to our next story because, again, it's about somebody who is has always been a Klingon, but I guess they're also can be a human because this is Kenneth Mitchell, the actor who has played Cole, the most popular Klingon role that he played on Discovery. And uh, he's played some other Klingons as Kosha and Tenevik, who's the keeper of the time crystals on, in the Borth Monastery. But uh, he has Lou Gehrig's disease. And I don't know if everyone know, knows that or not, but he had recently came under that condition where he's not even able to walk. He's now in a wheelchair, but he will be returning to Discovery as a human character. So we will see him out of makeup. You know what? I actually think that Kenneth probably prefers playing Klingons than humans anyway. So I don't know if he's all that happy about this, <laughs> but we get to see his face. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, You know, I've seen someone online call him the new Jeffrey Combs and I'm what an honor. That's really cool. Yeah, he's played three Klingons in Discovery and like like we said in season three, he's going to be back on discovery, but not as a Klingon as a human without the makeup. So uh, that's really exciting. I I'm really glad that even though we've moved beyond the 23rd century, there's still a role for Kenneth Mitchell in this show. Uh, he's someone that I've admired as an actor for a long time. I used to watch him on a show called Jericho many years ago, and I really liked him then. And I think he's been terrific in all of his roles on discovery uh, so different from anything that I've seen him play before. So it'll be interesting to see him in his more familiar human guise, I guess, on Discovery going forward. Yeah, you know what I bet Kenneth likes? I bet he likes wine, because that takes us to our next little news story here. We have some new Star Trek wines. Dan, have you ever had any of these Star Trek wines? <laughs> I have not. Uh, you know, when the when the Picard... Uh, the Chateau Picard came out. I I really wanted to, but I, I just never got my hands on a bottle. Um, but these look really interesting. I'm really curious about these. I mean, I'm interested in these, but I don't think I would order. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to drink wine because I want the taste of it. But then this is kind of cool, too. Like, and, and speaking of Kenneth Mitchell's playing Klingons, one of these is a Klingon blood wine, a special one. <laughs> I mean, it's a nice you know, dark bottle with the Klingon symbol on it, Klingon language written on it. I wonder what that says. I guess it probably says it's a, it's a Sauvignon Blanc wine. So, or maybe, no, that's the Federation one. Mm. This one is, uh, <laughs> Klingons do not drink white wine. You are without honor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a Cabernet Sauvignon. So, uh, that's what the, the Klingon one is, but yeah, then there's the Federation one which is a Federation Special Reserve. But these can be purchased from StarTrek.com. Yeah, they're pretty cool. I, I, I'm i kind of like you. I don't know that I would necessarily buy these to drink, and this is probably really silly, but I would if I were going to buy them, which I'm probably not, but if I were to, I would probably buy them to put on my shelf behind me to look really cool. You know? Yeah. I mean, that to me is the thing. It's almost like a collector's item or something you would display. I don't know yeah. how much. I mean, because if these bottles, because they're beautiful, if they showed up, I would be like, well, I don't want to open it now. I like it as is. Okay. Here's what you got to do. You got to buy two. You got to buy two. <laughs> one that yeah. you drink and one you just display. Yeah. And I, I know uh, personally of a bunch of people who did that with the Chateau Picard uh, when Picard premiered. And, you know, I, 
if I'd been in a position to do so, it was kind of hard for people outside the US to get their hands on them. I remember that at the time. Uh, but you know, if I'd been in a position to do so, I probably would have ordered two bottles, one to put on the shelf and one to share with a group of people as we sat down to watch the premiere episode of Star Trek Picard. I think, you know, that would have been a lovely way to uh, toast the the premiere of a new Star Trek series and the return of Captain Picard. And similarly, I think, yeah, I'd have a Star Trek party, maybe buy two of each of these and serve them at the party, but definitely keep one of each in reserve as, you know, something to put on the shelf. Yeah. You know, I'm just thinking I could ask for this for like Christmas or something too. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I do love this, the Klingon blood wine bottle. I'm just looking closely at it now and we've got the Klingon logo in the middle and then like these batleths that are like circling around yeah. the Klingon logo. It's really beautiful. Yeah. They're, they're very nice looking for sure. Uh, yeah, they go for about $40, $50, so they're not cheap wines either. So are mm-hmm. you paying for the wine or are you paying for the bottle? <laughs> <laughs> Probably a bit of both, but yeah, it's really cool. Well, yeah, check that out. Go to StarTrek.com or just Google Star Trek Wines, and I'm sure everybody will see that. I also saw articles, for example, on uh, TrekCore.com, if you want to go look at that there, too. So... Star Trek Day panels. Dan, I'm a little annoyed with this because we're recording <laughs> this on Saturday the 5th, Star Trek Day. This episode drops on the 8th, but they just made this announcement days ago. So it's just been a week since the day arrives. And had I got news earlier, I could have planned to move some meetings and take that day off because it's on a Tuesday after Labor Day here in the States. And it's like I could have made a four day weekend and ended it with a Star Trek thing, but I have to work. Uh. Oh, that's frustrating. Yeah. And if this announcement had been a little sooner, we could be talking about all of this stuff on last week's episode with Steve Shives and kind of pumped it up that way and gotten people excited. But uh, as it stands, you know, you're probably not listening to this on the day that it drops this podcast. So Star Trek day is already in the past, most likely for the people listening to this episode. So uh, it's really too bad, but you know, I I think this is really fascinating. I'm, I'm really excited about the various panels that are going to be happening that day, not to mention, and I probably won't be tuning into this, but there's a 24 hour uh, Star Trek TV a thon going on all day that day as well. How cool is this? I think I saw that the TV a thon is all the p- pilot episodes, all the first episodes of each series. Is that right? I don't oh, remember. Okay. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I have to admit, I haven't seen that, but I think that's what I heard. But yeah, these panels, just in case, you know, this episode drops and you're an early listener and you may still have time, but the panels start at 3 p.m. Eastern and at noon Pacific. And the first panel is Discovery. And I'm not going to go through who's all on the different panels, but we have different cast members from the different series. So Discovery is at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Then a half hour later, Deep Space Nine. Uh, each panel looks to be about a half hour. Then after that, it's Strange New Worlds, followed by the original series, Voyager, Enterprise, Lower Decks, and then Picard and the Next Generation. So it's, what, about three and a half hours of content. 
Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And it looks, uh, it ends uh, probably around 6.30, 6.35 Eastern. Uh, that's uh, 3.35 Pacific time, if that last panel is a half hour long as well. Uh, yeah, that's, that's quite a long day of, of Star Trek panels and shows if you if you want to watch the the Star Trek-a-thon as well. But uh, what a really cool way to celebrate Star Trek Day. And, you know, if if this is the first one that's like this, hopefully going forward, we can see more of this year after year. You know, I, I have to say, this is the kind of thing that I really would have wanted to see for the 50th anniversary a few years ago. And, I, you know, I'm this is something that I've been you know, kind of harping on for quite a few years. It's we're well past the 50th anniversary now, but man, do I ever really wish CBS had gotten things together that year to plan something like this for the 50th anniversary. That said, uh, the fact that they're doing it now, they always say that the best time to do something was, you know, years before, but the second best time to do something is now. So, you know, the fact that they're doing this now, I think they deserve a bit of credit for it for sure. I think that's a good call that they should have done this on the 50th. I was a little disappointed on how the 50th was handled, but to your point, I'm glad we're doing this now. And if they do this on this day this year, and then it gets a good response and they decide to do it again next year, I mean, it may be an ongoing thing. And of course, most people who know me know that I'm also a big Star Wars fan and Star Wars has really pumped up the May the 4th as Star Wars Day and Lucasfilm and Disney do a lot of events and they start planning marketing campaigns and whatever around that date. It looks like CBS may be playing out of that playbook now too, which would be very good. So do you think we're going to get any big announcements or anything revealed on these panels? I feel like if if we are going to get anything, it, it will be at this event because I, I know a few people were disappointed in the San Diego Comic-Con events that they did as far as announcements go. There wasn't really anything announced at all there. Uh, I feel like I could be wrong, but I, I feel like the Strange New Worlds panel might be one that if you're looking for announcements might be really cool to check out. Uh, Discovery as well. I mean, we're only a few weeks away from it premiering. I feel like there might, I, I've been burned on this already before because this was my prediction for the San Diego Comic-Con thing, but I feel like we'll probably get a trailer because a, a we've only had one trailer for season three of Discovery. I feel like we'll get a second long trailer uh, for Discovery on that day as well. Uh, and, and yeah, maybe something with lower decks. I don't know. I feel like probably not so much with that, but we could get some really interesting tidbits about Picard as well in that panel. So, you know, I, I think this is the one to tune into if you're looking for any kind of announcements. If I had to predict, I think there we'll see something from discovery because we're just weeks away from the season premiere. But of course, all this is probably old news to most of you that are listening to this episode. So we're not <laughs> right. going to go into it. But if like me that you can't tune in or you weren't able to tune in, they are replaying the live stream at midnight afterwards or 9 p.m. Pacific, which is going to be too late for me here on the East Coast. But they're also going to be available on demand at the same address as the event. So just so you know, it's at StarTrek.com slash day d-a-y startrek.com slash day so even though if you can't join it live you can watch it anytime you want which will probably be what i do and i'm sure we'll talk about it on our next flagship show next week 
Absolutely. I'm really excited to see what comes out of this. And uh, yeah, it, it occurred to me, of course, as you said it, that most of our listeners already know. So I'm, I'm kind of jealous of all of you. <laughs> I just know that this has been a great year for Star Trek. I, I yes. just, you know, with COVID and everything else going on, it's like there's been so much Star Trek things going on and I haven't even left the house. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> It's just been a nice... Nice year for Star Trek. Yeah. Two new series, Picard and Lower Decks, and the third season of Discovery all in this year. Like, yeah, this is, since the revival of Star Trek, this is definitely the most active year we've had, and it looks like it's only going to go up from here. So some really cool things happening in that universe. Yeah. And there was that new Star Trek podcast that premiered this year called Positively Trek. That's exciting, too. Yeah, making waves in the Star Trek universe as well. That's that's probably the biggest announcement of all of this. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, so wow. I mean, yeah, it's a great year. And I have a feeling the next year is going to be pretty awesome too. Maybe not as good as premieres because COVID's probably delaying a lot of production of these shows. So we may be kind of getting uh, a more hollow year <laughs> next year <laughs> premieres but anyway it's going to benefit us even the next year after and years to come so thanks everyone for joining us and just to mention we are reading the book q and law a next generation book that will premiere on our book club our next book club episode in about two weeks so uh, if you want to read that book it's a pretty quick read and it's a it's a fun read with Loxana Troy and Q on the Enterprise. So that being said, but uh, you can find me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. Dan? You can find me at Kurtrats. That's K-E-R-T-R-A-T-S and YouTube.com slash Kurtrats Productions. And uh, look for our Facebook group and chat with us in there and, and post some stuff and talk Star Trek with us and uh, follow our handle at Positively Trek and on Twitter and all this other stuff. Instagram. We're on Instagram too, right? Yeah, we are on Instagram. I, I had created an account ages ago and hadn't really done anything with it. But uh, yeah, I've started posting our episode uh, art and stuff on, and various other things on Instagram. And I've seen a lot of people uh, following us there too. So yeah, we're just on Instagram at Positively Trek as well. So easy to find. Yeah, I like easy. That's good. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. And uh We'll see you next time. So stay positive. And uh, Dan and I are going to go and go eat. Yes. <laughs> Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.